Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So we are now on episode 36. So I am I'm recording this before I actually release episode 35. But as you will know now from being on episode 36 that episode 35 was with the one and only Brezzy, which was an amazing experience and a real moment for me. Um and I hope you enjoyed it. I just found it absolutely fascinating. And like he just has so much, so much wisdom to share. Like, and I just I feel like I really learned a lot from that conversation. And I feel really lucky that I was able to have that conversation in the first place. But anyway, since you were talking to me last time, no, you weren't talking to me since I was talking to you last time. <laughs> um God, I've had such a week. So myself and Dave, we did three nights away in Westport, which some of you will have seen on my stories, and we had such a lovely time. Like it felt fantastic. We were one of those really annoying couples we went off and we cycled the mayo greenway which i would highly recommend it it was amazing like we cycled from ackle back into westport and like the views are just stunning and like it's quite flat most of the way so it's enjoyable and you know there's a couple of small inclines and you're like oh but then you take a little break and in general it's mostly flat and even kind of downhill at times where you can just freewheel which is amazing so we did that and we climbed croke patrick so for anyone who doesn't know, Croke Patrick is Ireland's holy mountain. It's supposed to be the mountain that St. Patrick climbed. But anyway, people climb it for pilgrimages and, you know, for religious reasons. Now, myself and Dave just climbed it for fitness reasons and bucket list kind of reasons. But um, I hadn't climbed it since I was 16. I remember my parents dragged us up there like we were on holidays and um, I was about 16. My, my sister was about 12 and I just remember hating every minute of it. Like it was just torturous. And there's a photo of me sitting on the steps of the church at the top with the face on me like a dog, which I must go to my parents' house and root out that photo from the photo albums. But anyway, so I was kind of, I had it in my mind. I was like, I want to go and do it again. Get a new photo of me with smile and thumbs up kind of sitting on the steps of the church, which I got. The smile at first might have been a little bit forced because dear God, that mountain is tough to climb. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I was like oh it's grand we're both so fit and you know my legs would be a lot stronger now than they were back then and um it was tough to the point I'm like I do not know how elderly people climb that mountain so like you know, it was enjoyable like you know and it was a good challenge and like the top the views were absolutely stunning and I would definitely recommend doing it it is definitely a bucket list thing would I do it again tomorrow like I'd have to be kind of persuaded to be fair I'm kind of like now I've done it um, I won't be in a rush to do it again and I enjoy hill walking but it's just this kind of constant incline that you can see the path the whole way up to the top and you're like oh dear god this is never ending so you can see why it's kind of like a pilgrimage mountain but um, like you know you kind of just we stopped along the way and you know looked at the views took our time and got to the top now we were blessed with such a sunny day so the views over Clue Bay were just stunning like I actually don't think I've ever seen views at the top of a mountain as nice as the top of Crow Patrick so it was worth it we sat and had our lunch spent about half an hour up there got my photo Gen- and I'm joking I was genuinely smiling once I was at the top but the way down like it's quite steep now they've done work to the mountain so it's not like when I, I remember when I was a teenager it was like people were sliding down the mountain there was loose stones everywhere whereas now it's like they put some work into it so it's much safer for coming down but it's still very downhill like constant downhill obviously because you're coming down a mountain but like by the end by the time we got back both myself and Dave could feel it in our knees so like this is why I'm like for anyone you know who's elderly or might have been a little bit out of shape doing that mountain 
dear god like they deserve an absolute medal because it's no joke so that was my anyway or apart from that those two major events we spent most of the rest of the time just sitting around Westport strolling around Westport and just enjoying our lives without the kids for the couple of days the three days away that we had which was just absolutely stunning but then what happened to me the week after I got back so we arrived back on the Monday so I was rushing around Monday to get everything ready for the week you know and just getting back into a routine and then I don't know was it because I stopped at the weekend but I suddenly by Monday evening slash Tuesday morning felt like absolute shit like no energy felt really really low mood like you know borderline kind of depressed mood really really low and just starting to feel really really anxious exhausted and I started getting like these little kind of like I call them heart palpitations I don't know if that's the right word for them just like little kind of flutters and um, in my chest which I would have got years ago back in the day when I would kind of have suffered with chronic anxiety and I was like oh god I like I knew deep down it was because I had I'd obviously I had worked so hard in the week coming up to going away to be able to take the, the time off and then when I got straight back into it and it was just go 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 my body was like no and I think after it t- the taste of the little bit of a break and the relaxation my body was like no you're overdoing it so I kind of thought I was like look this these are all stress signs they're you know like anxiety starting to rear its ugly head is definitely a sign that you're overdoing it and I knew deep down that it was kind of a stress and mental health thing but I obviously was like well do you know what you haven't been for a checkup in a while you have been working pretty hard the past couple of years and you have been probably quite stressed so maybe just go and get a checkup so I went to the doctor and kind of had a chat with her about lifestyle and um how I probably needed to be resting a bit more and working a bit less and you know anyway but she wanted to go through all the physical stuff so I went to did the blood pressure the blood pressure was okay Um, she took bloods and then she scheduled me for a little ECG just to make sure with the um that that there was nothing going on with those little flutters or whatever that, that it was just a case of you know literally probably the way I'm like holding my breath or something when I'm stressed I don't know but anyway all the physical stuff came back clear some of you might have seen on your stories on your stories Jesus Christ I can't talk today on my stories so um some of you might have seen that like when I got my blood stone then the following day like I came out in like huge bruise like it's still there my arm is still like black and blue I must take another photo and put it up but anyway I was like oh god yeah I'm dying <laughs> anyway it turns out it it is not normal but it happens sometimes like kind of like a ruptured vein I think whatever what happened anyway all my tests came back clear so which is great to have a like a clear bill of health and even like with the ECG my resting heart rate came back um as being low which it like in a good way so as in that because I'm quite fit my I have a, quite a low resting heart rate which is a good thing so I was delighted with all that but it really made me realize how much I need to not lose me in the process of looking after my kids looking after my household and looking after my career that I still need space for me which kind of led me then to write the article that I wrote this week for my emails about create the difference between making time and creating space and that's kind of what I wanted to talk a little bit about today I just wanted to give you sorry for the long story about my experiences and my health and my mental health anyway but it just gave it made me think 
about how I really needed to make time for me and how little time there was in my week. And it got me thinking of the, the concept of making time, uh, which I'll come back to. But like, but since anyway, I got the all clear with it from the doctors the past week or so. I have put some practices in place that I've that are really making a difference. I'm really, really like I know I've talked about it before that sleep is my one downfall. I'm really good with nutrition, really good with training, really good with getting my walks in, you know. Um, but I'm not sleeping enough. Like I'd be, I'm on average sleeping about six hours a, a night. So I'm trying to get to bed a little bit earlier. I am putting the practice of my nighttime meditations back in place um, because they do make a difference in my quality of sleep at least. Um, and I have cut back on my hours a little bit in the gym because I work a few hours in the gym every week as well as uh, doing this. And um, so I was doing three shifts a week. I've reduced it down to two shifts a week, which I think just makes everything a bit more manageable because I do love, and wor- love working there. I love um and interacting with the people in the gym and just being part of the community is lovely so it's something that I definitely want to keep and um it's just getting the right balance in life which look that is literally the story of my life as I know it is so many of yours I am getting to a point with all of this but oh yeah and the other big thing for me then obviously which is new enough coming from the world and the land of being a teacher um to someone who's now um running an online business um, social media has taken over my life a little bit and I have found myself when me and Dave would always make an effort to sit down together in the evening time and watch one episode of something so like at the minute we're watching Bel Air and I found like the first half of that series I like I've missed so much because I was literally on my phone the whole time so I wasn't actually switching off and being present and that was a, that was a huge thing so I have put my phone into sleep mode from like 20 past nine at night until 10 to seven in the morning. Very specific times, I know, but um, it's what works best for my lifestyle. So my phone goes into dark mode and I don't get any notifications and I just put my phone away. And that like within a week, that has made a huge difference to my stress levels, a huge difference to my sleep. And it's everything is just starting to feel a little bit better because I'm actually switching off I didn't even realize that I wasn't switching off and see when we were away I didn't I didn't really switch off because we were starting the new nourish move and shine program was starting that Monday so I was kind of you know go 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 getting everyone set up and kind of um interacting with people throughout the time I was away so it's just been really nice this past week to take those few hours for me where I actually switch off and then the other two things that I put back in place is I'm, my walks have become very much functional, which I still stand by is really important. If you're too busy to get out for a walk, walk the school run, walk to work, walk, park a, w- a little further away and walk and just fit it into your day. So that had been my walks just to and from the school run, which is great that I could get to do that. But I really love going for a walk down the beach by myself. Um, down at my local beach and that had kind of stopped because I had gotten so busy so I've started to create I, I can't get down there every day because some days are busier than others but I'm definitely making an effort to get down there twice a week now um, whenever I can fit it in and just get that bit of time by the sea by myself because that makes a huge difference and it really is kind of my happy place and place where I can switch everything off and I just feel very connected to myself down there um, and very connected to nature like which I think is extremely important to me and the last thing then I've put back into place is I had been doing yoga and I've been loving yoga and I have this fabulous yoga teacher called Jilly Jilly Bow Wellness check her out on Instagram she's fantastic but um I had been going to yoga once a week and I was literally like a yoga slut I couldn't decide 
which fucking class suited me. So I tried Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings. I tried Friday mornings. I did all everything Wednesday evenings trying to fit what I could fit into my life. And then in the end, the Friday mornings were perfect, but they didn't suit her at the time that that I that the class that I had signed up for on the Friday morning ended up not going ahead because the numbers weren't big enough. And me and her, I just kind of to say to her, said, look, I know we'll cross paths again soon, but I can't do yoga at the minute because I just can't fit it in anywhere else. So I had stopped doing that and I really noticed the difference. Whereas now she's doing this lovely Thursday night sleep yoga, sleepy sleep sleep flow or something but anyway myself and my sister are going to do that on a Thursday night um for an hour so I'm really looking forward to that that will be a good way to keep me centered and then when I'm doing that once a week it'll remind me to keep going with my nightly meditations and stuff as well which is just these are all little things self-care that are important to me and it really does take serious kind of scheduling to fit all that stuff in anyway that is a huge almost 13 minute ramble about what's been going on with me and um everything but anyway now that you have the context so with that then I wrote the newsletter for this week my newsletters go out every Tuesday morning so if anyone listening is not um subscribed to the newsletters you can even just send me a message with your email address and I will add you to the list that is no problem but yes yeah, so talking about time and making time and I think what we need to realise is that everything we give our time and energy to comes at a cost. So if we're putting our time and energy into something, it's being taken from somewhere else in our lives. There, We only have a finite amount of time and energy. So we really do have to use it wisely. Um, and this is where I think there's a real, a, mis- a real misconception when it comes to making time so we think when we need to make time for ourselves and you hear this all the time you need to make time for yourself um, and I'm probably guilty of saying this as well and we do need to make time for ourselves but I think we need to phrase that instead of making time we should change that to creating space because making time makes it sound like something that you have to add in so like that it's something that you need you need to add more time into your already busy schedule for you which is just not possible. And I think that's where a lot of us are going wrong. We keep everything in place and then we're like trying to add in the gym. We're trying to add in meal prep. We're trying to add in workouts. We're trying to add in walks. We're trying to add in meditation. And it's like, you can't fucking do everything. Like no matter how much like Wonder Woman or Superwoman we all are, we cannot do everything. And the problem is that this space for ourselves is vital. Like we, like I felt it, I gave myself a fright last week, how shit I felt to be quite honest. And it made me realize that like, if you don't look after yourself, you cannot look after anyone else. And at the end of the day, what I really do strongly believe that life is all about giving back, looking after the people around you, being your best self for, to, to contribute. Like, you know, I think that we're all here to contribute in some way. Um, and you can't contribute if you're not looking after yourself. So self-care is vital, but we can't make time for self-care. We have to create space. And it's a huge um, misconception, like in my opinion. So instead of getting overwhelmed and giving up on yourself and your goals, I've kind of come up with these four steps. And these four steps 
will just give you a little bit of structure. I'm going to hear my notebook here. I have them out in front of me. A little bit of structure on how to create the space for yourself. Whether it is that you just want to get a little bit healthier. Whether you want to lose some weight. Whether you just want to get a bit fitter. Whether you want all three of those things. Um, creating, creating the space to make those happen are important. Because obviously there are habits that you will need to put in place in order to reach your goals. But you can't just add them on top of an already busy schedule. It's just absolute insanity. So the four steps. Number one, step one, write out your week. So I know you've heard me say this before in some way, one way or another, but list everything you have to do. Work, kids, appointments, after school activities, TV time. I'm trying to think family time, meeting friends meetings in general everything absolutely everything in your week write it down and then what I want you to do is put them number them in order of importance what is or like the number yeah in the order of importance what what is absolutely non-negotiable what has to be done you know you can't just be you know like your children need to be looked after that is non-negotiable whatever job you're in at the time being is pro- is going to be up there as well whether you want to change jobs or not but the whole having a job thing is going to be really important because obviously you need to pay your bills so when you look at this list when you're numbering them number one being the most important to let's say number 10 being the least important um, you need to think what do I value most what do I dread what can I outsource and what and like who can I ask for help thinking about those things as you're numbering them so you have number one being the most important and let's uh, like it could be 10 things could be 12 things could be eight things it could be 15 things that you've whatever it is the largest number is going to be the least important in your week and once you have the clear list done out whatever you've numbered last it has got to go if it can't be gone altogether it needs to be outsourced okay so for example and when I say least important think about it in order of what you enjoy so when you're doing this list I want you to be so so honest with yourself not what you think you should say deep down in you what brings you the most joy goes to the top of that list along with the things okay yes things that you're like well, I won't feel joyful if I don't pay my mortgage so my job's up there. Even if your job doesn't bring you that much joy, it needs to go up there. But, for example, things that were right down low on my list was grocery shopping and housework. So I outsource both of them. Can't get rid of grocery shopping, can't get rid of housework unless you want to live in a shithole. So I am um, outsource, outsource the, the housework and um, I do online grocery shopping for my grocery shops because I found driving to Aldi doing the shopping in Aldi then driving to Tesco getting whatever I couldn't get in Aldi in Tesco driving home unpacking the shopping like it was taking about two to two and a half hours of my week and those two or two and a half hours could be put to something 
um, to look after me a bit more. And I was like, do you know what? So now I go, I have Tesco online. I go online and I do all my grocery shop online. It saves my list. It's I get the same kind of stuff every week. It's really quick, really easy. I can check my presses. I actually spend less money because I don't buy loads of other crap. I And, you know, if my shopping comes to far too much, I can reduce stuff down. I can go back through my list. Like, oh, we'll take that out. We don't really need this. And it's a great way of budgeting it as well. So the online shopping, I reckon I am, you're definitely saving money in. The, I know it can be harder to outsource um, your housework if you're not in a position to hire a cleaner. Um, it is definitely something worth, you know, who's in your household? Can you put together a cleaning rota? Are you doing it all? Should you be doing it all? Could it not be shared? That kind of thing. And like for me, cooking, like I cooking takes up a good bit of my week, but I want to cook. I want to know what's in my meals and I want to know what the kids are getting to eat. And I want to know that everything's healthy and that's important to me. So whereas other people do not enjoy cooking. So it could be a case that you share the cooking. Um, there's loads of different things. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help. So if you have family nearby or if you've got friends that are willing to help, if you need to ask someone to watch your kids every now and again, or if you need to ask someone for a lift somewhere or something, please do reach out to your loved ones. Um, I will. I promise you they'll be more than happy to help. I am literally the definition of it takes a village. Like I have three kids, but um, I like my dad comes out every Monday and Wednesday morning and walks my um, smallest fellow up to school when I'm in work. Because uh, my husband has started work at that stage. My husband does a, a good load of the housework now that I'm busy doing stuff on the business. Um, like I have no problem like texting my sister and being like can you help out and bring um one of the kids to their matches or something like that you know if I've got something on that um that I want to go to I'll see if I can ask for help with my kids and if I can't yeah sometimes you have to make some compromise but stop trying to be a hero all the time carve out that time for you ask people for help the worst that they'll say is no I can't maybe next time and then you can try them again next time okay so no, step number three. Now, this is always a tough one and people don't like to hear this one, but you need to assess the amount of time that you spend in front of the TV and on screens. So scrolling through social media. Now, and I know a lot of people will argue, look, that's my wind down time. And I'm not arguing that you don't need that wind down time. I sit in front of the TV every evening for an hour with my husband. It's our quality time together and it's important. But I remember like 10 years ago I used to be sitting down in front of the TV at half seven until like half ten like that's three hours every night I don't do that anymore I don't have time anymore but you know that um some people do spend quite a lot of time in front of the TV could an hour of that time be used to go for a walk could that hour of time be used to organize your meals for the week and make a shopping list could that time be made for you to go for a bath have a bit of time for you and do a little meditation could that time be used to go to a yoga class or to the gym or a fitness class? Whatever it is that you need to fit in for you there could be taken from that time. Also, there every phone has a setting where you can go on and you can see how much time you've spent on social media. It can be quite an eye-opening thing to see. That time that you're scrolling is more time that you could reallocate elsewhere. It does just take a little bit of organisation, but look... Being a healthy, functioning parent, I think, just involves a serious amount 
of organization and it's just um, and I know a lot of people will say oh but I'm not organized you know I don't have those organizational skills I'm like everyone can actually create those skills create those habits it just takes a little bit of time I know it's harder for others some than others but you can definitely put these habits and these structures in place to be a bit more organized and it just it will make you less stressed in the long run because um otherwise literally you come last and you have no time for you so anyway step number four and this is the most important when you're when you're trying to fit to create this space for you don't try and change everything at once this is the biggest mistake I see people make they're like right okay I'm giving up all chocolate I'm giving up crisps I'm not drinking any alcohol I'm going to walk for an hour every day and then three days a week I'm going to go to the gym as well and you know and it's like fuck me where are you fitting this into your already busy life like there's no way you're going to be able to sustain that you're going to end up overwhelmed and you're going to give up so instead what you need to do is take it habit by habit look at your like so do all the other steps that I've said and then you're like and then you've created a bit of space for yourself what are you going to what are you going to use that space for what do you want to tackle first so that might be getting out for a walk just add that in when that walk starts to become something enjoyable something that you couldn't see yourself without and you feel you feel comfortable with that habit then add in the next one then you're like you know what I think I'm ready to let's start cooking some more healthy meals from scratch so you might look up a couple of recipes you might add a new recipe in every week for a few weeks and maybe that will be your next step then maybe your step after that is like right I've got I've got some good meals in place I think I would like to maybe join a gym and you might go and join a gym or you might decide I want to start tracking my calories and see how many calories I'm eating every day and maybe I'll start reducing them a little bit. Um, so as you can see, habit by habit, and that doesn't necessarily have to be in like a four week space. That could take a year, but like stop putting a time limit on your goals and just think of this as long term. Think of this as the rest of your life. Don't try and change everything at once. Step out of your comfort zone though. Take one habit that you kind of want to put in place but makes you feel a little bit, oh, I, like, you know, this is out of my comfort zone. You've pushed yourself a little bit. When you start to feel comfortable, then step out of your comfort zone again and keep stepping forward. The only thing you need to do is keep moving forward, but you don't want to get to the point of overwhelm. When you start to feel overwhelmed, it's time to take a step back and slow down a little bit. You've added in too much. So take, and there's nothing wrong when you're on a journey, there's nothing wrong with, you know, you're stepping forward, stepping forward, and then you hit a point where things are getting a bit overwhelming. It's okay to take a step back and stay there and stay there as long as you need to until you're ready to step forward again. It is life changing when you put that in place. So that is step four. It doesn't all have to change at once. Now, I in step four, I mentioned a bit about calorie counting. So this is the second part of the podcast that I wanted to talk a little bit about. I can't actually remember if I talked about this in the previous podcast, the one before Brezzy. I can't find my notes on it. But, and I, I talk so much shit, like I talk on, <laughs> not, not shit, but you know, I talk so much between the social media, between the newsletters and between the podcast. I'm like, I can't fucking remember what I said on one thing to the next. But anyway, I think it's, this is so important that I think it's worth talking about again. So apologies if you've heard this already. But when it comes to tracking calories, where people go wrong is these fucking, what do you call them? online calorie calculators like like on the likes of my fitness pal and that you'll put in your you know your height your weight and all and your activity levels and all which are all really important you know that kind of information and then it'll ask you do you want to lose half a pound a pound a pound and a half or two pounds a week now 
I don't know about you guys, but I know for sure over the years, I'm like, I'm not going to click half a pound a week. Yeah, I want to lose two fucking pounds a week. I want to want to be skinny quick. So you click two pounds a week and then my fitness pal gives you something like 1200 fucking calories. Okay, this the same is true of, in general of all of these online calorie calculators. They might not give you 1200, but they're going to give you quite low, you know, 14, 15, 1600 calories. These calories are extremely low for most people. The only clients I would ever have on about, like I would have never have anyone on like 15 or lower. The only people who would be on 1600 calories are people who are particularly small already and are looking to lose a few more pounds. But even at that, I, I kind of would say to them, we really should be looking at body recomposition and not fat loss at that stage. Um, most adults, most women, because obviously I work with women, most women are going to fall somewhere between the 1700 calories up to 2400. Now you can see that's a really wide spectrum, 1700 to 2400, because we all, all come in different shapes, in different sizes. We have different health backgrounds. We've got different hormonal backgrounds. We've got different thyroid things going on. We have um, different activity levels, different jobs. We're different ages. Some of us are tall. Some of us are small. Some of us are bigger. Some of us are smaller. Um, it depends. It depends so much on the person and their personal details. So even with, you know, height, weight, weight, activity levels, none of those calculators can actually give all those details that make you you. You know, and it's they're so, so, so important when it comes to losing weight. And the thing about losing weight is it does take time, whether you like it or not. You can, th you can say, oh, but so-and-so lost a stone in a month. Yeah, but give it a month or two. They won't have kept it off. It's like it's impossible. It's just and that's that's this diet culture, this constant cycle of dieting and going back where you started and dieting so it's like binge restrict constant and then you just feel more hopeless than ever so it's time to put a stop to it what you need to do to lose weight long term and to be able to stick with it long term and then when you finally do reach your goal which will take time I'm telling you now it will take time but it's so fucking worth it first of all you can enjoy it on the way you'll actually have a really really good time and, and learn so much about yourself and you'll build so much self-confidence and self-worth while on the journey, which is what it's all about in the first place. That when you reach your goal, you will be the best version of yourself. You'll understand yourself so well and you'll be able to keep it off and keep your habits in place. And that is what it's all about. It's not all about the goal. It is about the journey. And that's really, really important. So in order to lose weight in this manner, you need to find what your maintenance calories are. And everyone's maintenance calories are different. When you figure out what your maintenance calories are, you need to subtract about 300 calories from that if you want to be in a calorie deficit. So you're like, okay, yeah, great. How do I find out what my maintenance calories are, Kate? So what you need to do there is think about your life at the minute. Are you continuously gaining weight at the minute or are you kind of hovering in and around at the same weight? Start tracking your calories. So use my fitness pal or whatever you use weigh and measure everything that you're eating now don't change anything keep eating the takeaways keep eating the chocolate keep e everything keep everything the same whatever way you're eating but just weigh and measure and track everything even if you feel absolutely disgusted with yourself which you shouldn't because that's not what we're trying to do here we're just trying to get some information track everything you'll see how many calories you're eating every day do that do that for about two weeks 
and you will see a pattern. You will know how many calories you're consuming every day. And then all you need to do is take 300 from that. And do that for about two weeks. See how your body's responding. Measure your progress with photos and with measuring tape, not just weight. You can take your weight because if you've body fat, if you're losing body fat, your weight, the weight will come down eventually, but it can be a little bit up and down. There's, it's so there's so many more factors there when it comes to hormones, fluid retention, like so many different things that weight is not the best measure of progress. So you need to take body measurements and you need to take photos. So initially you'll probably do this every two weeks. So if you feel like your body's not really responding and like be realistic if, if, if your, your your measurements are the exact same, then you might need to take it down by another 200. Take it down for another 200, try that for another two weeks. You Like you will eventually start to lose weight, but you want to do it slowly and this will take time. So we want to take time limits off, you know, being like, oh, but I have a wedding in August. So fucking what? Okay, if you start, if you start, that sounds so harsh, but if you start some stupid restrictive diet for this wedding you have in August, you're going to, end up failing at it gaining all the weight back feeling more hopeless than ever and you're just back to square one and feeling shit about yourself whereas you could you could have this down by then you could be feeling fabulous by august so yeah take taking measurements every two weeks initially until you start noticing a steady pattern of you know you're of making changes and being realistically realistic you know you're not going to lose much more than a pound a week realistically and you don't want to lose much more than that because it's not going to be sustainable to lose more than that. You're going to be eating a lot less. And I don't want you eating less, that much less. You, you, I don't want you cutting anything out. Include foods you enjoy. Yes, absolutely. Create good, healthy, balanced meals with protein, vegetables, whole grain, carbohydrates, healthy fats. But also, if you enjoy a bit of chocolate, have a bit of chocolate. If you enjoy a glass of wine on a Friday, have that. Put it into your calories. And when you start noticing a natural kind of you know progress happening you're going to notice your energy levels getting better you're going to notice your clothes feeling better you're going to just look fresher feel better look better in the mirror you'll notice all these things you're got once you start to get into the swing of things then every four weeks take your progress and you're not going to continuously have to keep lowering and lowering and lowering your calories like if i was to let's say uh, we were talking about a five foot six girl who weighs let's say 80 kilos five foot six she weighs 80 kilos and she wants to start like I more than likely she's going to be on about in my opinion she'll probably be on about 2,000 calories so that might be where so I I would reckon she probably maintains at about 2,300 now obviously it depends on her activity levels and what but let's just say she maintains in about 2,300 um and then when you take it down to 2,000 she'll start like the body fat will just start melting off and she's still getting to enjoy everything that she enjoys but just with a little bit more structure and just a little bit of thought into it and that's what's fantastic so like that five foot six girl who's 80 kilos and as her weight starts to come down that doesn't mean that someday she's gonna have to be eating 1500 calories absolutely not as time goes by and she gets more into this fitness journey this health journey um, and she starts going to the gym and she starts building a bit of muscle or she starts going to classes but it's starting to get a little bit leaner build a bit of muscle you're going to be able to maintain your body weight on higher calories and you want to train your body to lose body fat on higher calories so we, it's not going to be a reduce 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 when you find a number that you're making progress on you're going to hold it at that number 
and then re only reduce it very slightly when you need to. Then when you get to maintenance, when you get to a weight that you want to be at, you're going to hold it there. You might even increase cal calories by 300. You'll start increasing your calories then by 100, by 100, you know, every few weeks until you find where you're, you can maintain. And then eventually you won't need to track calories at all anymore. You'll have developed all these habits on that journey that you can keep forever. And it, it becomes your new identity. It becomes the new you. You become healthier. You become happier. You become fitter. You become stronger. You become more vibrant. Just everything. And like that journey is going to look so different for one person that, that it will for another. And that's what's really exciting. It becomes your journey. It becomes about you and about what's right for you. But it never has to be perfect. And it never has to be all or nothing. And it never has to be 1500 calories. So please try that. Um, take your time and obviously look this is what all my coaching is based around so if it's something that you're interested in and you want a bit of coaching now my next group coaching my next nourish move and shine program is starting on on the 10th of july i think so um you can reserve your spot now it is open on my um if you go to the link in my bio of my instagram or tiktok or facebook you will be able to um, click the link there to sign up or you can go onto my website or you can message me and I can send you the link otherwise uh, if you do want to reserve your spot for the 10th of July. But I know that's a little bit far away. And if anyone wants, you know, feels like that they have a lot of kind of stress and anxiety around food and but would like what this kind of journey sounds exactly like something that they need to do and you're interested in a bit of one-to-one -one coaching please do message me one-to-one -one is a bit of an investment it is more expensive than the group coaching it is an investment but it's worth it and it is very much your journey you know it's going to be kind of created by me but led by you and I'm there to support and keep the structure in place and we set goals each week and focus on what we need to focus on based on the week we've just had and we take it step by step and we add things in as you're ready and that's kind of that is my whole coaching kind of philosophy really but um yes so that is everything that I wanted to chat about this week so in general just talking about uh, creating space rather than making time and then just the whole idea of staying away from those ridiculous cal calorie calculators and how to actually get into a small deficit and finally finally reach your goals so anyway you know that if you want if you have any questions about anything ever um you can get in contact me but uh, get in contact me get in contact with me through email katehamiltonhealth at gmail.com or you can message me on any of my socials so i'm on instagram tiktok and facebook kate hamilton health and yeah i'll chat to you all next week thanks for listening <laughs>